Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell here with you today to talk about Auburn athletics and what little there is to talk about this week, frankly. But uh, that's our job, and we're here to keep you in the know with whatever is happening and you know Jason's had a lot of really cool life experiences you know we all know how big of a deal he is but your girl just got back from the MLB all-star game and I just want to talk about it because it was one of the coolest events that I've ever been to and Jason in the past few weeks you and I have talked about different events that you need to go to and I was telling you the college world series is a must but I'm going to go ahead and add MLB all-star week to your list especially the home run derby that thing is a blast yeah no doubt i got a chance to see it on tv um and everything i tell you what taylor it was quite the experience and i got a chance to look at your instagram page and i see you doing all these mega interviews with all these uh big time big time players in major league baseball so you are definitely climbing the ladders we were going to see you doing some big things here soon uh not that you're already doing big things but we're just saying you're climbing <laughs> up you. the ladder yeah but thank i will you. say this the home run derby this guy's hitting the ball with alonzo i think his name was yeah, hitting Pete the ball Alonzo. over 500 feet like are uh-huh. you kidding me like uh-huh. that is like crazy and he won it last year and then yep. he turned around and repeated it this year so for those that think that major league baseball don't really take their all-star game serious they might take their all-star game more serious than football <laughs> and basketball because yeah. the thing about the major leagues is whoever wins out of the American League and the National League, whoever wins the game gets home field advantage in the World Series. So it's mm-hmm. so many implications. And then the home run derby, that's all about manpower and, you know, time for guys try to show off and, and see who can hit the ball the furthest and to be consistent with it. And I yeah. tell you what, it was fun to watch, uh, no doubt. So, but everybody want to hear you though, because you was the one that was actually there in person. You got a chance to experience Denver. Tell us a little bit about yeah. Denver. Tell us a little bit about the baseball game. Did you eat anything really good? Like what was it like? <laughs> It was awesome. I yeah, like you said, I had never been to Denver before, and it's a really cool city. And their uh, their baseball stadium, Coors Field, is 
right in downtown. So it's in a great area. Everything is pretty walkable. Um, they had a lot of the streets closed. So, you know, people could be walking and kind of go into different areas. It was kind of like block party type style. Um, and keep in mind, they did not have the same amount of time to prepare for this. You know, obviously this game was supposed to be in Atlanta and that decision changed fairly recently. So Denver kind of had to scramble and uh, get this thing off the ground. And it really was a lot of fun. Their stadium is awesome. You've obviously got, you know, the mountains in the distance and the proximity to downtown. It was, it was really cool. If anyone ever has an opportunity to go to a game at Coors Field, I highly recommend it. Um, and then the game in itself is, I mean, it's just crazy to see that many greats in one place. You know, obviously right. every team has their staple guys, but to be walking around and see, you know, Tatis and Otani and Chris Bryant and Aaron Judge, all these guys just standing right there. And then to see them all play together, you know, I think a lot of times, whether it's NBA All-Star, Pro Bowl, what have you, sometimes, you know, you you don't get as excited for it. A, you know, they're not going to play as hard as they usually do. B, you did mention that there are implications for this one, and, and that's true. But the typical motivation of a, a a team's game isn't necessarily there but I think it's really cool because guys that typically you know our competition become teammates and it's really cool to see them all you know interact in the dugout and and on the field and be high-fiving each other and supporting each other when typically you know you're you're hoping the other fails let's let's be honest that's the result of sports so um it's a really cool event and you know all of the the lead up to it this year the MLB draft happened in Denver at, during the same week, which was cool. And you just felt like you were a part of something really big and special. Um, so we had that. We had the Futures game, which was cool to see. The Home Run Derby, which was awesome. You've got the Red Carpet Show. Um, the All-Star Game, obviously. It was just – it was really, really awesome. Um, I think the coolest thing for me was to be able to see Shohei Otani play. I mean, it mm -hmm. it's just really evident that – what he's doing is historic. Like you just, you feel like you're watching history being made and that's something really cool to be a part of. I was on a radio show earlier today and was telling them that during the home run derby, it, everybody was, would pretty much be seated for the first, you know, three minutes that the guy would get at bat. And then when you get the bonus time, that last minute is usually when everyone stood up because it was right. kind of like the last run or whatever. Mm -hmm. When Shohei first walked up to the plate, the entire stadium stood up. Like <laughs> everyone was on their feet the entire time. And it's, it just showed, you know, if you're a fan of baseball, it's it's impossible not to be a fan of Otani's because right. of how rare and special it is what he's doing. I mean, the guy was the leadoff hitter for the AL and the starting pitcher. Like, oh. it's just it's it's amazing what he's doing, and obviously on you know the heels of some unfortunate comments that were in national press about him that week, which were ridiculous um it just everyone there was a camaraderie about you know being at that event and just wanting to see you know these guys who play the sport at such a high level do well it was it, it really was so cool and guess who i saw frank thomas 
Oh, you saw the big hurt. The, the big, big hurt. hurt. Emphasis the, hurt. on emphasis on the big. My guy is a brick <laughs> house. He's huge. Well, they shoot Jason. these darn testosterone commercials on TV. So you know <laughs> what we expect. You know. <laughs> I was like, look. I, I mean, he's sitting there up at the Fox desk with a Rod and you know Big Poppy, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm you know walking around here with the greats that play the game right now. And I'm, you know, very unfazed by it all. I, I have to be for my job. When yeah. I saw Frank Thomas, I fangirled so hard. Like I was yeah, he's freaking, Auburn guy. Auburn I know. Yeah. I just, that does something else to me and not just an Auburn alum, like a, a, one of our greats. Like that was just, mm -hmm. that was so cool for me, but man, yeah. The big being in his nickname is appropriate. Cause he is huge. We could call him Tell the us. huge hurt. Tell us a little bit about, you know, this was a game reason it's supposed to been in Atlanta and the yep. biggest part of the game was because of Hank Aaron. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what was it like for that moment? You're sitting up there, you're watching his highlights up there. And, you know, of course, his wife is there to to receive right. the, the award. But to see, you know, like what's the moment like for the players, though, to actually play the game, like the respect when you look back at guys like Hank Aaron that kind of paved oh. the way, you know, for a lot of guys. It was one of the coolest parts of the entire experience. They, um, you know, kind of had a, a, a moment of honor for him pregame and they had a, a video montage um, of him up on the big screen before it started. And obviously it's got old footage of him playing, old footage of him speaking. Um, and then Billy Aaron, his wife was escorted out onto the field by Aaron Judge and Freddie Freeman. And then out in right field where obviously he played, the grass had been cut or whatever they do to it to make it different with his number in right field where where he played and it and of course all the players all wore 44 so all of the players had the same number and it was his and it just showed the gravity of his impact on the game that so many years later you know these guys out here want to emulate his game like he he left such a mark. I mean, he was an all-star 25 times. Like, right, what in the world? <laughs> like, to have a career that long is unbelievable, much less right. be an all-star that many times. Like, what he was able to do is just incredible. And obviously, this is, you know, the first season since his passing. And so to see it um, recognized and honored in that way, and then for all of the guys to be wearing his number, that was so cool. And there was something really cool about seeing guys that all look different, you know, different, um, different skin color, different height, right. different ethnicities and, and, you know, home countries, different positions. And they're all wearing that number that represents somebody that embodied what we all want the sport to be. That right. was so powerful and so cool to see. And it was just a reminder of how unifying sports can be if we let it. I mean, look, you can find things to turn people against each other real easily. But if you let sports, it can unite people regardless how different you are. And right. so to see that and see them pay, you know, respects and honor him in that way was it was one of the coolest coolest parts of it just epic sweet
Yeah, it really was. So thank you for letting me brag a little bit because it was one of the coolest events that I've gotten to work. And uh, I'm proud of our guys, Whit Merrifield and Salvador Perez, who went and represented the Royals. So it was a really cool event start to finish. But, you know, college football still looms, people. And we got a little bit to talk about. So we are going to dive on into it, as we said at the beginning of the episode there isn't a ton, you know, I wouldn't say there's breaking news right now. This is this is really the calm before the storm. I know we say that a lot during the summer, but it, it feels like it is. It's kind of, you know, the last bit of time where things kind of are settled and quiet before, you know, it's full steam ahead. So we are going to talk about a couple different things in regards to Auburn athletics, but first a word from our sponsor. July is underway, and it's a great month for sports. So if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you can find it. From the NBA and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Okay, so before we get into, you know, season and preseason talk and blah, 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 is the highly anticipated SEC media days. They're always so exciting, so fun, Even if you just get coach speak out of it, it's always just a reminder that season is right around the corner. So that is happening next week in Birmingham, Alabama, as it always is, technically Hoover. Um, But it has been announced who the Auburn player representatives will be attending SEC Media Days this year. And it is none other than quarterback Bo Nix and linebacker Owen Papo. They will both be representing the Tigers, speaking to all the different media outlets in regards to Auburn football and the upcoming season, along with new head coach Brian Harson, of course. Got to expect he's going to be grilled a good bit. Oh, I'm yeah. sure media will have a lot of questions for him just because for a lot of the media outlets, it'll essentially be their first um, you know, access to Harson in this role. So I anticipate a, a lot of questions for him. But let's talk about these two player reps, Owen and Bo. Um, what are your initial thoughts to to each of them, you know, being the representatives? I think that, you know, to some degree, it seems obvious to guys that, you know, are spoken about a lot. But before we started recording, Jason, you and I were talking because I, I couldn't remember if Bo had ever attended media days before considering he's been our starting quarterback the past two years but I think for Gus Gus always seemed a little apprehensive to send the quarterback um, especially you know true freshman maybe or if there was any kind of quarterback debate just to eliminate you know that being the storyline all day but um, even with it being Bo you gotta assume he's gonna get some questions about TJ Finley Oh, no doubt. Um, I think a lot of the reasons that Bo was was invited is one is he's a junior this year coming up. So mm-hmm. now he's going into his third year. He's pretty much one of the most older. He's one of our older guys on offense. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think he's a you know, he's supposed to be a leader. When you're the quarterback of a football team, you're usually the captain. You're usually the people that 
you know, people always tune their ears in to hear what you're saying and, and what you're doing. And, and I think it's right that, uh, you know, Coach Harson takes him. Like you say, in years yeah. past, uh, you know, I don't think most – Gus took a lot of his quarterbacks. And, you know, for a lot of reasons, some of his years, he was still trying to figure out who the trigger man was going to be. Um, right. In this case, you know, with Bo going and and everything, I think he will hear questions about, you know, T.J. Finley, which should be expected. Uh, you know, anytime you're in that position and someone of T.J. Finley's – uh, magnitude that just played at LSU last year, transfers to your university, of course, it raises some eyebrows. It raises yeah. some questions. And, you know, th- th- those are questions that he shouldn't run from. He should just stand there and handle them and ask them the way that he wants to answer them and, and keep moving forward. And I think for Owen, Owen is a guy that has kind of been a beaten drum for our defense for the last three years. You know, this guy's a, he's a tremendous player. He's a, he's one of the leaders that when guys around you can respect you and when you open your mouth, they hear you because they see your work ethic like you earn that right to go and represent the defense in the media in the media days and totally. and, and I know a lot of people are like well why can they take tank as well let's face it guys tank still is going into his second year and yeah. you know Bo has seen a little bit more than tank has over the last three years like he's been there a year longer so right of course you want to hear from a guy that's, that has a little bit more experience and a guy that's kind of going to be connected to the head coach more say because the quarterback and head coach goes hand in hand and yeah. especially with coach Harson being more of an offensive minded guy uh you know he's going he already said he's going to be a little more hands-on with the quarterback position and along with Mike Bobo so you know people want to hear what the what that's going to be like and for me I was fortunate enough Taylor last week while you was enjoying your time Mm-hmm. I got a little treat myself. I got a chance to go and speak to the Auburn football team, uh, right. Ronnie Brown, along with Ronnie Brown. And and they call it Real Talk Wednesdays. And I really like what they're doing. Uh, we didn't sugarcoat a lot of things. Ronnie and me, we brought it to them real. We told the guys, you know, what made our 0-14, you know, really special because they had questions about it. They wanted to know. They was intrigued, like – you know, how did y'all handle yourselves away from the football field together? What, what was the locker room like? Like, and I, and I kept it real with them. I said, guys, I said, one of the things is I don't want captain on anybody's chest if they didn't earn it. I was yeah. just like, you shouldn't want anybody just giving anything. I said, everybody on this football team should earn the right to have a be a captain. I said, and not just that, it's when you wear that on your chest, people notice your work ethic like it doesn't mean every day is a great day a perfect day but they see what you do not so much what you're saying I was just like that what represents a captain I said the other aspect of it as well is you gotta grind like you gotta grind like this is not I understand we're in a popcorn society and everybody doesn't hit things off great when they first get to college and all of a sudden they want to do is turn over the leaf and run. I was just like, the grass is not always greener. So we talked about the experiences of Ronnie and myself of what we went through early in our careers at Auburn. And had we transferred, we wouldn't have been first round picks. We wouldn't have been able to have the, uh, one of the greatest seasons of all times in college football. I was just like, so you have, to, but we, it built us into better men, not just football players. Because right. we went through some valleys and some hills, and you got to go through those things in order to be molded into the person that you're supposed to become, not run from them, or otherwise right. you would be always starting over. So the guys was very receptive. It was yeah. fun. It was great to meet the guys, great to talk to the guys. They had many, many questions, which was really good, meaning that they're intrigued and they want to be a really good football team. And so I'm looking forward to the season, looking forward to training camp and seeing what these guys do. I'm going to try to go down a couple of days and watch a few of their practices and come back on the podcast and we can talk about it.
Well, hey, I, I think that that's certainly important, but we're definitely going to get a little taste of, you know, their mindset at media days. Obviously, you don't see them suit up and show you any drills, but <laughs> they give you a little bit of insight into the mentality that's been being drilled into them. But I think for these guys and for every guy that, you know, gets to attend, it shows a level of trust that the coaching staff has with these two guys, because you could be thrown to the lions a little bit. I mean, no, one, I've covered media days before. It's not, you know, no one's in there trying to mess anybody up by any means, but you definitely have to be, you know, you have to have a solid footing in regards to speaking that a lot of the rooms um, there's, there's a table and a mic and a light and the guy goes and sits there and the rest of the room is just camera after camera after camera after camera and all these reporters can just like yell out questions at you and and it's it can be a lot it can be very intimidating it can you can definitely end up saying something that could be used against you honestly mm -hmm. not that you know media is corrupt i'm part of it but i'm just saying that it, you definitely have to have a level of trust in whatever player that you send that some things they have to keep close to the vest you know it's still pretty early you don't want to give away the farm so i think that this shows a level of trust for Bo and owen to handle themselves and represent you know auburn in the way that harson and the staff want them represented but i also think that you know this has to give Bo a level of you know, I don't want to say complete comfort because there's still going to be, you know, somebody in the wings that if, if Finley completely shows out leading up to August, we could have a very different storyline. But I think that this in a way tells him that we are still riding with you right now. But this is what's going on, Taylor. This is the thing. When you're in Coach Harson's position that you just basically took over a football team, your whole goal is how can I get my guys to play the best that they can play when the lights come on, mm -hmm. you know, not so much when the lights off, when the lights come on, like, because they're great practice players that didn't travel over to football games. Right. And so what he's doing is saying, okay, this has been a guy that since day one, he stepped on campus, he's pretty much been the starter. He's gone through some really good times. He's gone through some really bad times, but this is the guy that, we're showing him right now. We're backing you up. We know we just got TJ Finley. So, yes, the noise is out there. But at the same time, this is your job to lose. And we're going to support you. We're going to give you the opportunity to be the best quarterback that you can be and elite this football team. Now, does that mean that down the road somewhere with TJ not have a chance? That's not what they're saying. I'm pretty sure they're going to have a package for, for him uh, during each game where he comes in, they're able to utilize a lot of his size and different things. But for the most part, they're showing both. So that way, if things work out great, hey, they work out great. If things start to slip a little bit and the noise gets louder, they can't say that they didn't give it all that they had to give Bo an opportunity to be successful. So totally. they're trying to cover themselves as well as, as – during this whole process to make sure that they're going about it the right way. Like I said, Mike Bobo is an SEC quarterback. He's right. a guy that's been in the league. He he went through some times at, at Georgia where he had to go and fight to win his position against some other right. quarterbacks. So he understands that anytime you just give a job to somebody, 
it, it doesn't really work well for the team. The team mm-hmm. wants to see people earn jobs and it doesn't matter each position, but that's the one position that you have to be careful with because it can be fragile to your football team. And I totally. think the reason they're trying to handle this right is because it's really going to be a key to their success a lot this year. It has to be, honestly. And I think everyone's just so desperate for any kind of tip or hint or just like a clue as to what it's going to look like. And I'm sure Harson knew, like, if I don't bring a quarterback, that's all we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, if he brings Bo, he can silence that narrative real quick. And look, it may change halfway through this. We have no clue what's going to happen with all of that. But this will redirect the narrative by facing it head on and shutting down the this or that. Like, if you want to ask about Finley, it's probably going to be, you know, he's a great talent. We're glad to have him as an addition. Next, Bo is here. Let's talk about Bo. I think that it was intentional, and I think it'll be effective as well. But I was looking back, obviously, last year we didn't have media day, so there's that. Obviously, Bo didn't do it last year. And then in 2019, Gus brought um, all linemen, Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, and Prince Tega Winogo. And I remember that year media was a little disappointed because (laughs) that wasn't really obviously Derek and Marlon were you know big time everybody knew they were about to you know enter the league and those were great storylines but you essentially are going to get the same answers from all three of those guys in whatever you ask them to not really have like an offensive you know producer there I remember everybody being like really that's the three you're bringing not to knock on those guys but just it does it kind of limited um, the answers that everyone were right. get, and that was kind of a, a thing that Gus liked to do. He liked to kind of keep things so hush hush and and controlled um, that I think that 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 was very evident in the decisions with who went to media day. And I like that Harson is just very upfront. We've got an offensive guy, we've got a defensive guy. You can talk about both sides of the ball, and we've got Bo Nix. So don't talk about the quarterback de- dilemma because. What we're presenting right now is a united front behind Bo. So the schedule is Monday is Florida, LSU, and South Carolina. Tuesday is Tennessee, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Wednesday is Alabama, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt. And Thursday will be us with Arkansas and Missouri. So we are the final day of media day. Um, but certainly exciting. There will be a lot of coverage on the SEC network and ESPN, as there always is. Um, not to like age you or anything, Jason, but did y'all have, <laughs> did y'all have media days when you played? Of course we had media days. Okay. Come on, Taylor. Did you know, I'm, you? Still, I'm still, I graduated <laughs> high school, people, 2000, so I'm still a little bit of the millenniums. Okay, okay, okay. Did you, did you go? I think I did my senior year. You know, that's so crazy now. Now you did age me a little bit because I'm trying to remember, but I'm I'm surely, surely I'm positive almost that I did go uh, to my senior year. I believe it was my junior or my senior year. I know one of those years I went and like I said, I was always drilled with a whole bunch of questions. Like after every practice, the quarterback talks to the media. Yeah. Except for like on Fridays and and everything like that. But on Monday, on Sunday afternoons after practice, Monday, Tuesday, when like you're talking to the media. Like mm-hmm. even in the NFL, you talk one day and it's usually Wednesday after practice, and that's usually it. They don't usually bother you anymore until maybe 
just maybe like a Friday or something, but they're really not supposed to bother you. But one day in the NFL, because you get bombarded so much with questions and you're almost pulled away from the football team, even in college when they're, it's it's like you almost have your own media session and, and and everything. So yes, well, like in people do tag onto every little thing each quarterback says, you know, it is important that you answer these questions and handle them in the right way and make sure that you not put the light so much on yourself, but put it on your teammates, give your teammates some praise, give some guys around you some credit that may not get a lot of credit or may not get a lot of media attention. Give them that opportunity. This is your time to kind of promote your teammates. So, you know, hopefully these guys do that. Yeah, especially now that we are going to be operating in the age of these guys getting deals and money, like, will Mm. they take this opportunity to, you know, still be trying to get money and those kinds of opportunities, (laughs) like using this as a platform to try and get deals? Mm. I just, it'll be interesting to see how all of that, I mean, what if any of them have deals with like an energy drink or something it's probably gonna be sitting on the table in front of them they're all gonna be trying to market and all of that so it's definitely gonna be interesting can you do that though because if the school is not sponsoring you're still on school property so i think they can only do that if they are away from school property which they will be for media day that's true I mean, they'll be at a neutral site and a lot of media outlets videoing them. So I don't know. We'll see. I just hope that it doesn't become like a sales pitch for whatever brand they're all representing now. But nonetheless, Bo Nix, Owen Papo, Brian Harson in Hoover on Thursday, SEC Media Days, people. Make sure you check it out. And we will recap all of that action on our next episode a couple more things before we round this one out so last week our our last episode if you didn't catch it um i had found a fan poll that the guys at auburn undercover had done and a lot of them were game predictions season predictions and jason and i kind of ran through and gave our own on the last episode well now the espn fpi predictions have come out for season results so i figured we would run through those our win percentage for each of our matchups and see how close we were to what this system is projecting will happen with auburn and jason i think you may be a little surprised um (laughs) all right starting with week one which is at home hosting akron the FPI projected us to win 99%. So Shocker. not a surprise there. On to week two, Alabama State. FPI projected chance to win 99.8%, even more. Why they just can't say 100%. I know, right? I know. All right. Week three at Penn State. FPI projected chance to win 38.5%. Oh, Right. I bet differ on that just because the season that uh, Penn State had last year and Auburn did finish with a winning record and we did play in a tougher conference. Uh, And we do have a stout defense coming back. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of shocked and uh, that that was 38 percent. But hey, I guess they're taking an equation that we're in a hostile environment. And we haven't played well offensively for sure over the last couple of years on the road in hostile. Certainly doesn't. You know, so. I guess they have reason to put it there until we prove them otherwise. Yeah. I was expecting that one to be closer to 50. To see 38 was pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. Week four, Georgia State FPI projected chance to win 91.6%. Well, At LSU, 
projected chance to win 45.2%. So they are giving us a higher percentage chance to win in Death Valley against LSU than against Penn State. So is that more respect for us or a slap in the face to LSU then? Great question. You know, so. I mean, I think everyone is was so thrown by the year that LSU had last year that there's I don't know that the expectation is really there for them to bounce back this season. You know, I think everyone knows the the caliber program that LSU is. They always, you know, have pretty solid recruiting. But like, can you bounce back so effectively so quick? I, I don't I think the jury's still out. Also, you know, Miles Brennan feels like a bit of a question mark. He got injured last year. Mm-hmm. They ended up kind of having a, a carousel of sorts. TJ Finley transfers. So I think the quarterback is is probably a concern for them right now. It remains to be seen. But forty five point two percent, honestly, I'll take that. In Death Valley, it's it's a tough place to but play. Ezron, though, Coach Ezron, Coach O, I'm just gonna say it's hard yeah, to say. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, we're having an SEC media talk ourselves here. But Coach O, I would, I would probably say he know his leash is short. Even though he won a national championship two years ago, a lot mm-hmm. of people give so much credit to Joe Brady. So It's the exact uh, same thing as Gene Chizik and Cam Newton. You're right. You're right. That's, that's a great comparison. So now yeah. you have to find yourself and say, like, okay, last year we'll give you that one. That was COVID. You had a lot of guys opt out. But this year, though? You know how LSU fans are. You you cover yeah. college football. You you know it. Like you know what they're saying. Like, can mm-hmm. you show us this year what are we going to be like? And Coach Isaming retired, and right. he was there with Joe Brady when they had the the big offensive run. So people going to be looking to see what he do. Like, if he doesn't make some noise this year, at least be con- competitive to to yeah. fight for the SEC West. If it's not even competitive. It may be some noise made in LSU for for coaching change, and he already know that. So that's that has to be it. They just have to show substantial progress from last year. I, I think there will be grace given if they don't make the playoff, but it cannot be remotely similar to last season. All right, Georgia at home, October 9th, FPI mm. projected chance to win thirty six point eight percent. Yeah, that one's again pretty expected. Mm. Oh, you expected that one? I'm saying I expected oh. that result from the FBI. Oh, got you. Because I'm just I saying, mean, you know, this is the first time Auburn's played Georgia's this early in Auburn. We played them last year in COVID, which y'all don't really count that because it's not the same as for as far as like we're used to playing them November. But now it yeah. gets real because this year is supposed to be a full house. So, right. you know, I understand that Georgia has a lot coming in, but Auburn has really done well against Georgia at home. Not mm-hmm. so much in Athens, but at home, right. really been good. So I would expect that at least been a little higher. Okay. At Arkansas, October 16th, the FPI projected chance to win is a 58.3% chance. So not much in our favor, but a little bit. And, you know, I mean, I think what Sam Pittman did in his first year last year was uh, so respectable. And the excitement yeah. around Arkansas is – probably higher than it's been in quite a few years. And and they've got some solid talent coming back. So uh, again, not one that, that I would sleep on. Um, October 30th, Ole Miss FPI projected chance to win 68.4%. So feeling pretty good about us. That game scares Oxford. me. I know. Me too. It scares me because you know that Lane Kiffin can put the ball in the air. You know they're going to score points. And his Achilles heel has always been on defense. Um 
So if they get any kind of defense, this game can be scary. But I still expect Auburn to win because we're trying to get back to power football, and I think we outpower Ole Miss. But it's not that ball being in the air with Lane Kiffin. You just don't know. Yeah, you can kind of hold your breath a little bit. Is that after – yeah, so that game is also after our bye week, which is helpful. Yeah, okay. um, so we'll be a little more rested. At Texas A&M, November 6th. Flashback to Jason and I's argument about Texas a and <laughs> And uh, I think the FBI agrees with me, Jay, because our projected chance to win that one is 21.3%. Ah, uh, you know what? I, I give y'all the Big 12. Uh, I mean, <laughs> let's not call it the Big 12. What, what are they called? It's the, the 12th man, the 12th man. 12th I man. give y'all the 12th man out of Texas A&M. And I give Taylor her credit. She <laughs> she had a great argument. Now, I understand they have three All-Americans with the tight end and defensive end, and there was one more. I think the D-tackle or something. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I tell you this. That game is a tough game. It's a tough game because the one thing that Jimbo Fisher has done really well since he's gotten there is recruited the state of Texas. And they have great talent. And he's pulling a lot of those guys that would have been going to the University of Texas. They're now coming to Texas A&M. So that game just – it makes your argument better because these there's freshmen that pop up out of nowhere every year in the SEC and just go lights out. Look at Tank Bisbee last year, you know, for Auburn. So – you know there's going to be somebody on their team that's going to sprout up. And it may be their quarterback because we don't know. We don't right. know. Kellen Munn's been there for 10 years, so we don't know who they've been grooming. So that's true. I, I, I would give us at least 45% just because we do play well there. We have yeah. played well there. But, I, I you know, I, 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 I let you win that argument. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put look. something on that when that game comes. We will. We sure will. I mean – Kyle Field's a tough place to play. I know everybody wants to talk about Death Valley and, and being between the hedges, and I get that, but Kyle Field is massive. It's one of the three biggest in the SEC. It holds over 100,000 fans, and obviously with the you know yell practice, the midnight yell that they do the night before, and all the you know cheers and whatnot that they have, like it's a very intimidating environment. So I think that that aids in, you know, the the input for us to only have 21%. That's the lowest so far. Uh Mississippi State November 13th, 68.4% chance to win. And then at South Carolina, 74.8% chance to win. Thank goodness because that one got away from us the last time we played them. And then the Iron Bowl, 18.7%. Mm. Mm. What? Come on, people. Yep. I, ESPN, I understand that Saban is, has built a powerhouse down there, but it's the same powerhouse that came to Auburn the last two times, and Auburn has done very well against them at home. And mm-hmm. they're coming back to Jordan Hare again this year. And yes, they have to replace Water. They have to replace Smith. They have to replace the quarterback. So mm-hmm. they have to replace the running back. So yep. it's not like you just pick up and just plug anybody in these positions. Yes, we've seen them over the last couple of years. It feels that way. They just plug in all of a sudden, boom, they go. But no, I Waddle and Smith, they, that's some pure talent. Those yeah. guys were pure receiver talent. And I guess Matt Jones was a, a solid quarterback. He's very accurate. He didn't have to move around a lot. So, yeah. you know, we'll see what he does in the league. But from a standpoint of, 
the running back, Najee was good. They always get good running backs. I'm not yeah, concerned about that. Now, those other two guys, though, that play their receiver position is is like they're special. So they are. I, I give us more than 18 percent at because we're at home and we have yeah. a really solid defense. And I think it's it, it, that should be much higher. You bring up such a good point. That really is never anything we talk about. Like with any other team in college football, you are completely down on a team that has lost their star quarterback, wide receiver, running back. No chance they're going to run the table again. Look at all they've lost. That is never the narrative when you're talking about Alabama, ever. That every year they have lost some stellar talent who was early first-round pick in the NFL and yet we never question them year because after year. <laughs> what the heck? Because that constant guy is there every year, saving. I know. Like I know. people respect him because they know that he's not gonna put anything on the field that's not gonna be replicable of what he's done in the past. So and, true. And it's been that way since he was at LSU. And you know, now he's been in Alabama. Like they understand the magnitude that this guy goes out and how he recruits. Like yep. He's not going to put a product out there. That's why they base these decisions off of. It's nothing to do with the players. It's about mm-hmm. who's the guy that's, that's, that's their head coach because he yeah. doesn't put players out there that's not going to be a great product or representation of what he's trying to build and what he's trying to do. And he creates competition. He creates it. Like, yeah, he does. you hear how guys say it. Like, so that's just respect that he's getting. But at the same time, if I'm Auburn, if I see 18%, yes, we're not going to worry about them until that time get here. But I tell you what, like, that's still kind of disrespectful. And I think a lot of it has to do because they haven't seen Coach Harson is there. I guarantee if Gus was still there, it would have been higher just because they know yeah. he prepares for the Iron Bowl at home really well. That's um, true. So, you know, we'll see how this goes. And yeah, my only thing on Auburn right now is we've done a really good job from keeping quiet, guys staying out of trouble. This is usually yeah. the time of the year that guys get in trouble. Uh, we've been really good, knock on wood, of guys doing really well, taking care of their business. It's been relatively quiet. The only thing you keep hearing is we're behind on recruiting. And mm-hmm. we've gotten a lot of guys in the transfer portal, but how can we get – bigger in the high school recruiting and that all comes tailored with connections coach harsons has got to build trust with some of these high school coaches and some of these juco coaches and and in the southern atmosphere and mm-hmm. coach mason can help him a lot with that and uh and mike bobo is going to have to help him a lot with that so we'll see how things go and uh, having zach etheridge i think will help a lot of guys from the south and, and everything but We've got to pick up our recruiting from a high school level to um, here over these next couple of months. Yeah, that is very true. Um, so that puts us at a projected record of seven and five um, with a 2.7% chance of winning the division. So, you know, there's that. Not that that is the be all end all. It's just the FPI and what, you know, whatever. There's a lot of intangibles that end up being very effective once football season is actually here, especially a lot of pre- it's traditions. Foot, I predicted I've been married at 25. I'm not. So, <laughs> you know, hey, it's predictions. <laughs> You're so right. Wow. 
yeah, everything I predicted, things have not gone that way. So uh, we can't do that with football. Well, excellent point. Excellent point. Well, on that note, we are going to close this episode, but real quickly want to give a shout out to the Auburn baseball players that were drafted this past weekend and will now be beginning their career at the next level. We've got shortstop Ryan Bliss, who was drafted round two, the 42nd overall pick to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Right-handed pitcher Calvin Ziegler, round two, 46th overall to the New York Mets. Right-handed pitcher Richard Fitz, round six, eight, 183rd overall to the New York Yankees. First baseman Tyler Miller, round nine, 256th overall to the Boston Red Sox. Catcher slash outfielder Stephen Williams, round 18, 533rd overall to the Washington Nationals. And right-handed pitcher Riggs Threadgill, round 19, 563rd overall also to the Washington Nationals. So shout out to all of those guys. Congratulations on that huge accomplishment. And we'll certainly be pulling for y'all as you pursue that MLB dream. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for our episode this week. Little housekeeping announcement. We will not have an episode next week. Again, some scheduling conflicts, just not going to work. But you'll have SEC Media Days to get your Auburn football fix. Again, Auburn will be there on Thursday, so make sure you tune in. No episode from us, but we'll give you one the week after so that we can recap all that comes out of SEC Media Days. So it's going to work for everybody. Hang with us. Yeah, hang with Um, us, guys. It's got to get saucy. So <laughs> we're we'll getting get salsa so here. Close. So yeah. it's, it's mid July. Like we will be playing football in less than two months and we'll be practicing in less than a month. So yeah, it's close, ready. man. We're getting there, fam. I promise we'll, uh, we'll get some guests on here. And once season gets going, we'll have plenty more to talk about, but nonetheless, thank you so much for listening and following along each and every week. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. So you'll get a notification every time we release an episode, stick with us guys. Season is getting very, very close. So as always, Jason Campbell, Taylor Davis signing out and saying war Eagle. War Eagle. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.